You're listening to the Waffle Bite-Sized Podcast with Paul Jenkins. This was originally broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 6th of October 2019. On this episode, Paul speaks to Zoe Siobhan Howarth-Lowe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our Waffle segment, and I am absolutely delighted this afternoon to be joined in the studio by Zoe Siobhan Howarth-Lowe. Good afternoon, Zoe. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you doing? All right. Yeah, no, not at all nervous about being on the radio, are you? You're absolutely no. fine. Um, now, Zoe, uh, like me, uh, is, uh, is, is a working poet, uh, and uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you in this afternoon. Um, how, did, how did that come about? How did you stumble like me into the, into the wonderful world of words? <laughs> um, I've been doing it since I was five. Five years old. I, th- I think that's the same as all. We, we, yeah. we just have, have had that something inside, haven't we, that's wanted to get out. Just born that way. <laughs> it's just born that way. I like writing <laughs> things down on pieces of paper. Yeah. I, um, but it's, it's fairly recently, isn't it, that you've kind of taken to the sort of sharing that work with the wider world. Um, I've recently started to coming out and performing it. I've been a page poet for mm. years, hiding behind the computer screen, but <laughs> it turns out to sell books, you have to go and read out loud. You do. You have to meet people. How, how, how does that kind of feel when, when, you, when you reach that point and you go, you know what, actually, I, this is not just me sharing this with, in that kind of personal moment, but you say, I'm going to go to a, a bigger room and, and try and have that moment. Terrifying. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> It, it yes. is. I, I mean, I've I, I've recently saw um, uh, the, the former poet laureate Carol Ann Duffy, and and she's she's very much a, a reader of, of her work. She doesn't perform her work mm. at all. Um, do you do you think that that's do you think that's that there's two types of poets maybe that the people that, that like to like to share through the page and others that sort of share in that performance element. There are two ways of approaching it. Definitely, mm. um, I think you've got um, the ones who are just innate performers and they may not even write it down they can remember it in their heads I, yeah that's magic to me <laughs> yes i'm envious of everyone who can remember them mm. in their heads because as soon as i stand up in front of an audience my name floats away out of my brain <laughs> this is which is perfectly fine <laughs> and it's, it's uh, I, I, you said, so you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't describe yourself as a performer then of poetry uh, I, no, I, I read. You read your poetry. I attempt to perform. <laughs> well, having seen you uh, read and yes. perform, uh, I think as 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 sort of time has gone on, I think you're developing those skills. Uh, and it's do, do you feel that that's that's changing with you the more that you do it? I, I seem to be getting um, better at doing it. Yes, I. When it comes to poetry, mm-hmm. I tend to split myself up into several me's. Okay. So there is the me that writes it. Okay. And then there is the me that is the uh, secretary and sends it all off and right. deals with the rejections and the acceptances and things like that. And then there mm. is the me that gets up on stage that is not me, that is anybody but me. So I'm inside shaking and hiding in a corner. <laughs> Which we don't see, of course. You get, nope. you don't, we don't get to see that kind of that inner persona. I've had to poem. learn how to stand completely still because I, I would just shake at the beginning. Yeah. And that's why I hold a book because you can't see the hands shake so much and the paper doesn't make that noise. Which is fine. And that's, <laughs> the, that's the thing is you learn those little tricks as yes. time goes on, don't you? Um, it was interesting you were talking about rejection there as a poet. I'm I'm rubbish at this. I've never, um, I've never yet sent my uh, work to a magazine or a publication or a publisher I've, that's why I self-publish I hate the idea of rejection um, do, how does how do you deal with that when you get that because I, I think it's, it's something like isn't it something like 10 to 1 in terms yes. of you know the numbers of rejection as anyone will get 
that compared to that. How, how do you deal with that? And what does it, how does that make the the kind of when you when you get to that moment where somebody's going, yeah, we'd like to share that in a wider audience. How does that feel as a as a kind of artist? Well, it's always lovely to get an acceptance, mm. but I also really like getting the rejections where okay. they say something nice or constructive or show that they've read the work. Yeah. So if they say. Not this time, but I really did like such and such. You're like, oh, they really did read it. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't deal with the rejections quite as badly as as I've... Some friends that I've um, encountered who really don't like it. It's just, I literally put business head on, right, out, out, out. And as soon as it comes back in, revolving door, kick them straight back out. (laughs) Which is is great as well. Do you you find as well that that, that publishers are looking for for certain types of, of poem? Yes. You have to try and match whatever tone they've got in their head for the next issue. Yeah. You have to try and guess what that might be. <laughs> and send, and they don't usually know until they're halfway through reading them all and go, oh, that'll fit with that and that'll yeah. fit with that. And then it's, they might kick out a favourite. So This is the thing. This is bad. why I could never deal with this. I'm not that clever. <laughs> I, don't think I, could, I don't think I'd be able to work out in advance what somebody wants. I think I've always I've just kind of said, well, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. And if you like, wanted to listen to that, <laughs> that's fine. If you didn't, we'll see you next week. There's always an element of guesswork and just sometimes pick it out of a hat. Mm. and always add one that you're never so sure about you yeah. throw it in at the last minute just to bulk it out to the to whatever number they're searching for and they usually pick that one <laughs> now on the on the picking of new material um i understand that you've recently had that moment where not only have as somebody said we'd like to publish one of your poems but actually there is now at the point where you have a collection yes. uh, that is ready. what's the collection called it's called Love is the Way Bark Grows. Love is the Way Bark Grows, which in itself is a beautifully lyrical title, may, may I say. Um, and and who is it that's that's picked up the, the book? Which publisher is It's Half Moon Books okay. over at Otley. Oh, Otley. So, yep. so, so fairly, I was going to say, we're not, we're not a million miles away from Otley? This no, is... it was um, a competition that they ran. Oh, okay. I entered. Um, they were looking for new pamphleteers, and mm-hmm. I was very, very lucky. <laughs> Fantastic. So how many poems are in the new collection? Uh, about 20. It's about 20, so about it's 20. a nice a nice, yeah, yeah. A nice round number, which is wonderful. Um, now, you're going to be sharing some of that work with us in the second segment of the yes. show. I think you're going to be sharing the, the title poem. The title poem. Uh, which, which is lovely. Um, before we do that, uh, we ask our guests when they're coming to the studio uh, to choose some music that's uh, that's kind of influenced them over the years or just something they like or just something they want to talk about. Now, we've we, you gave me a list earlier on, uh, and on the top of the list was this song by Meatloaf or pretty much anything by Meatloaf. Um, <laughs> now, I'm... I, anyone who listens to this show regularly will tell you that I play particularly Dead Ringer for Love a little bit too much Um, but we've not gone for Dead Ringer for Love you've gone for Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through what is it about Meatloaf that kind of appeals well uh, I've got two dads okay I have my my dad that made me and then my dad that made my brain oh okay and this song (laughs) is basically my dad that made my brain okay (laughs) Um, he introduced me to Meatloaf a long time ago and we have been to several concerts together right and also the um, the show in Ashton that used to come around where it's not Meatloaf it's the guy pretending to be Meatloaf like Meatloaf story like the 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 tribute tribute act act, that's the one absolutely we've we've got a lot of tribute acts later on I'll be doing some some reads for Burnley Mechanics (laughs) and the Fire Pit they they regularly Um, have a good tribute act on with some with some cracking puns as titles as well Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a chat during the break and when we do that uh, we're gonna leave you lovely listeners with a bit of Meatloaf and this is Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through (laughs) 
That was Meatloaf with Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through, uh, the first choice of Zoe Siobhan Howarth-Flo, who is my guest in the studio this afternoon. Uh, so we were just talking a second ago about those lyrics of Meatloaf in particular, and there was one lyric that, that stood out for you in that in that song, wasn't there? What, 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 which it's one was... when he goes, all the poems come to life. Mm-hmm. Angels had guitars even before they had wings. It, so even... even with the, All the poets come to life even before... Sorry, just from... The that. angels had guitars even before they had wings. The angels had guitars even before they had wings. Yes. What an image <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of them floating around <laughs> up there somewhere, rocking out. And, and it's, I think that's it. It's, Im- it's imagery for people, isn't it? Yes. That's, what, that's what kind of calls to us as wordsmiths. Um, now, now, talking of which, we need to hand over to your words uh, at, at this point in the show. And this is... Um, well, do you want to introduce, first of all, the poem and, and uh, what it's called and, and where it came from? Well, it's the title poem in my collection mm-hmm. and it's, it's a love poem. It's okay. a love poem from my husband mm-hmm. and um, it took me 17 years to find the right words to make this poem. Okay. It's the only one I've ever actually truly written as a love poem to somebody. Right. And yeah, now we're going to share that with the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave it with you. Love is the way bark grows. The iron railing is stoic, peeling and rusty, endlessly on from there to there, immovable until it crumbles away. The tree slowly grows, expanding to fill by inches, incremental, from a hugged width to arms thrown wide, barely grasping the sides. Roots dig deep, move like breathing, earth tumbling grain by grain, up and out in ridges, and in time, those iron railings kink just a little. The trunk is shrugging out, inching closer, till it stands shoulder to shoulder, railing and tree, each leaning on the other, and somehow, leaning, growing, nudging, bark becomes woven through. The railing and tree fused, messily, stitched by the bark, slowly working its way around and over and through, and smoothed out over time. So neither really notice. That is a beautiful piece of work, um, and the, the idea of the of the tree, that kind of organic. I don't know how I don't know your version of the tree. I don't know which tree it was. I'm sure there was a real tree somewhere that, that kind of took inspiration. Yes. I'm imagining, and, and over time, that this is oak sized. That this is, but then that's that's the way the kind of you, you hear things. How is it in your head? The actual image mm. that I got the idea from is um, an image of an old tree mm-hmm. that a soldier tied his bicycle to, chained his bicycle to before he went to war. Oh, my goodness. And the the, tr- the bike is still there because he never came back. Right. But it's in the middle of the tree now. It's it's just woven it's just, in and out. The bike's just thrown over it. Oh, my goodness. That's completely over it. And I was looked at that, saw it, I think on Facebook even, Yeah. and was like, that's it. That's Those it. are the That's words I'm looking for. It's quite we, do, we do argue, me and my husband, about who's the railing and who's the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and also, which is the more solid? I mean, yeah. obviously, the, 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 the one's made of metal, and that must be stronger than the other. That I must... see him as the tree. Of course. Well, I mean, I ju- <laughs> Look, you're, you're the poet. You're in charge. Yeah. Uh, this is as far as things go. No, I'm the one that doesn't move as much. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> I'm the unbendable one. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that bite's not going anywhere now, so the... <laughs> There does come a point with, but it's like you say when you when you are in a relationship where you you love somebody that the point where one starts and the other one stops those those yes. things get blended, don't they? And yes. that's and that's a, a lovely idea as well that the the organic is is mixing with the man made there as well. Yeah. Um, do you think that that's been a big influence in your, in your work about the about nature and, and work? 
in general. Is yes. That, does that feature anywhere else in, in, in yeah, other I've pieces? Yeah, I've got a lot of tree poems. There's a lot of tree poems. <laughs> and funnily, I'm allergic to most things, including oh, right. trees and grass and flowers. But they're always in there. They're always in there. So it's like you get, maybe that's it. Maybe you can w- watch them from afar. You get to, No, no, I go and climb the trees and you then still just sneeze all day. And sneeze all day. In them. There you go. That's, that's embrace it. That's what you've got to do. Um, that was a beautiful poem. Um, you, when... Uh, when you say you, you're starting to, to sort of share these with yes. the world, I noticed that recently you had a big launch for the for yourself yes. and the and the other poets from from your particular publishing yes. house. It was, was that over in Otley? It was in Leeds, right. um, in the Victoria Hotel. It was great fun. Yeah, was it nice to be able to share with other poets? Uh, I'm assuming that people yes. are not all of the same style, even of. No, there's some fabulous um, different styles. I've read a few times now with Joe Williams, Mm -hmm. who has a book called An Otley Run. Okay. um, About the the aforementioned pub run, An Otley Run. Oh, okay. It's a brilliant book. (laughs) And he he remembers them and he can perform them from his head and. Brilliant to watch, but that's it. There's a, like you say, it's a very different case of affairs for different poets, and some some poets are not comfortable with that kind of performance thing. I I, I come from an acting background, so it's always been like I've got to become a character to be, you know, on stage. I find that easier to become the character. Yeah, if the poem isn't me, mm. that one that I just read is really hard to read because it's me. It's yeah. me. Open up. It's like opening up your chest and letting everyone look. That's hard. Yeah. The ones that's more of a character that I can just get into and make it delicious and play and scare the audience with. I like them. Because <laughs> it's not me. That's fine. It's, it's fine. You could be, if you can just you know, scare your audience into yeah. submission, then you'll be perfectly fine. Um, you're going to read for another piece uh, in, the, in the final segment of the show, uh, and we'll have a chat about about performance uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really really pleased that we're going to welcome you to Ramsbottom very soon uh, next month uh, for, for your you're going to be doing a headline slot at uh, not Waffle the podcast as mm-hmm. we're we're talking about at the moment but Waffle the night which is which is brilliant um, so we'll have a chat about that in the in the last uh, part of the uh, of the afternoon um, we're going to turn back to your music choices now if that's all right and I think this is a kind of fitting one bearing in mind the, the poem that you've yes. just read uh, you've got Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley Where, yes. whereabouts did this come from uh, this is my wedding song okay so is this a, is this a down the aisle number or a first dance or a... um it was played in the church okay. um literally as we were signing the register lovely and it was my um well my husband's cousin mm-hmm. and the best man played the guitar for us and she sang it she was about 15 16 at the time she's got a gorgeous voice so that must have been just a nice moment yes. as well okay to celebrate using uh, using these words yes leave you with jeff buckley That was Jeff Buckley, uh, and uh, we've we've cut Jeff short, uh, unfortunately, because uh, as, as much as it is a beautiful song, it is also a song which lasts for six minutes and forty three seconds, right? And if you're writing something that, where you're going to take your time, um, unfortunately, we don't have the time, and we want to talk to our guest Zoe Siobhan Howard-Flow is in the studio with us, um, and we've been uh, we've been having a fantastic chat about music and about about lyrics, um, and uh, th- th- I mean that song's one I think where actually the lyrics reign supreme, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, there's, it's not an accident. I think it's one of those songs that's been number one by goodness knows how many different artists. Yeah. I think it's three different artists at least, it, at least, and covered by you know however many people along the way. Um, you're going to share another piece of work with us now. Um, wh- wh- where does this next piece? What's the what's the background to it? Um, this one was written for a particular competition. Mm-hmm. I actually had to go write one. It's in a brand new poetical form that they invented for okay. the competition. So the competition was run by the. Um, northern poetry library right and it's their 50 year anniversary or it was when this was done and um they invented the form 821 
which is the Dewey Decimal number for poetry in libraries. Oh, that's wonderful. So eight lines, two lines, one line. And when I go and volunteer in my son's school yes. and help them out, we write these because it's great fun and it's eight nice. Eight lines, two lines, one lines, and that's eight the Dewey Decimal. Oh, the, the nerdy me is loving that. And the Volta <laughs> is on the two lines, so that's where it shifts. So everything shifts on the two, and then we finish with a, a big yep. punchy line to big finish. To finish. Line. Okay, right. Okay, <laughs> so we've got we've got a do my calculations. We've got an eleven line poem coming yep. up for us. Right, <laughs> hand you over. Um. Northbound. My babies were born in the south. Now we are all packed in a van, inching along the M5, northbound. Our house packed in boxes, half neatly labelled, half thrown in anyhow. Nuts and bolts rolling free in the bottom. Reassembling furniture promises to be interesting. My babies sleep amongst favourite toys, unaware of their shift in gravity, this homecoming. Their roots are unearthed, about to be repotted. A lorry is on the hard shoulder, cab ablaze. As we crawl past, this moment is seared into my memory. We pass and race away homewards, while behind us, the road is closed. Behind us, the road is closed. <laughs> so that was the. Well, so that you, yeah, that's kind of like almost an escape from from something else that's happened before. So based on real events. Um, they there are two real events in that poem, yeah. which I like to go through when I'm teaching a classes. That mm. the whole poem doesn't have to be exactly truthful. Yeah. I did move up north because mm. we went to university down south in Bath. Okay. And um, then when my two were born, uh, my daughter gave me this weird thing wrong with my hips that meant I was in a wheelchair. Oh, right, okay. And didn't leave the house right. at all. So okay. it was really difficult. Yeah. Um, so we decided to come back home to be nearer to grandparents and support. Yeah. And luckily I can move around now. I can leave the house, which, which is great. Which is great. <laughs> um, so the moving north was that. Mm-hmm. But the lorry that's on fire mm-hmm. was actually when we were gone on holiday one year. Okay. And we literally drove past as the lorry was there burning. You could feel the heat my goodness. through the window. Yeah. Uh, luckily, the man was not inside. He, no, was, he was. We could see him he on the on the hard shoulder. Standing there, going, "Oh my goodness, my lorry's on fire!" And they shut the motor behind us. And my um, sister-in-law, who was coming down later on that morning, got stuck in the traffic. <laughs> right. So it's essentially, it's, it's a kind of like it's a yes. you know, so it's a nice sort of coming of age poem because we're we're moving north, we're starting yes. a new a new chapter of life, and also a smug poem to say yes. we missed the traffic jam. <laughs> so it's taking two different events, smooshing them together because mm. it was more powerful to put something like that to make it work as a poem so i like teaching the kids that you can lie a little bit and muddle things up you can uh, simon hunt who was in with us last week uh, and talking he he mentioned something that we we speak about when when i'm doing workshops with with the kids is that to some for poetry it's like breaking the rules um but he but he said it's also it's like you've got to know the rules in order to break the rules which is great because you know you can play around with things i love i love that word as well smushing things together right you know (laughs) i I regularly talk about splurging ideas with kids and it's i think there's a kind of playfulness about it isn't there yes do do you like that the the idea that you can just mix words around and try and see what comes out love it and playing with the punctuation because i'm very pedantic with my punctuation i love playing with it mm. and um it really annoys me when people just leave it off completely and think that's okay but no, right. it's only okay if you knew you had to put it there in the first place and left it off for a reason yes i, I see i have this i'm i'm terrible when i'm writing and it's only when I, I look back on things afterwards sometimes how are you with commas at the end of lines for poems i 
like them in the right places. They're in the right places. Yes, yeah, see, I, I occasionally shove them in and go, oh, yeah, sir, that's a bit of a pause there. And then sometimes I go, no, it just wants to run on a little bit. Oh, but maybe I'll shove one in there. And I'm a little bit sporadic. You'd, you'd hate to read my poetry. <laughs> it's a good job you only ever see me perform it because yes. to read it on a, on a page, it's a little bit higgledy-piggledy and all over the place. And I kind of like it that way. Um, I, I like the fact that I, I annoy my mother as well because if you're listening, Mum, I can start a sentence with and and you can't do anything about it. Best way to start it sometimes in a poem. <laughs> Absolutely. And on that note, <laughs> um, it's um, yeah. We've so uh, uh, right. First off, where can we get hold of your book? That's the that's the first thing. You can get hold of it from me, mm-hmm. um, or you can get hold of it from the publishers at Half Moon. Um, I have a website that's under construction. Very nice. But with half, I, I, so at the moment, Half Moon. Uh, half Moon have it on their website well, their as website, well for sale. Fantastic. I've also spotted that you can get it in on Waterstones website. Oh, I haven't tested nice. that yet, okay, okay. but they say they can order it, which made me very excited the other day. Which is lovely. And you can also come and see me at Waffle in Ramsbottom and buy a copy. Boom! Here we go. This is where we're coming with yeah. the plugs, right? Uh, so Waffle is happening. Uh, you are uh, you're now you're appearing. Uh, I, I think I spotted your your. your going to be appearing this thursday at our open mic session yes. uh, which is wonderful so you'll be doing a little selection a little bit of a taster which is this thursday at the rounds bottom tap uh, yeah. at 7 yes. uh, if you've uh, if you can get down there and then the following month uh, you are going to be headlining for us yes jointly jointly yes <laughs> well there's there's two of us there's <laughs> two of you uh, with which you've both got the same uh, sort of headlining yes. so we've got two we're, we're cutting back on the open mic that night because there's going to be yourself and lisa baumer is bringing the uh, the haiku death match uh, with so her exciting. as well which is going to be wonderful. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so those, so we can buy copies from you there, which you would be can. wonderful. And I will also be in December. I'm mm-hmm. going to go over to hopefully Poems, Prose, and Pints, which is over in Harrogate. Right. Haven't been there yet. Oh, it's, over, it's over the border into Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> so you've you, you done Otley and you've done you, up in Harrogate. Actually, it's, yep. posh, Har- it's posh Yorkshire, that bit. I was looking. I did Blacklight Engine Room over in Middlesbrough a couple of weekends ago as well, which was very nice. Wonderful. Do you ever get to go there? Because you've got... It's not just the poetry that's taking up your time, is it? It's the, the, You've got all sorts of other bits and pieces going on. You mentioned about yes. teaching kids. Uh, this is, is yeah, this I volunteer... I volunteer... Mm. At the school, mm-hmm. uh, my day job is just being a mum. Okay, well, it's not just being a mum. <laughs> just being a mum. So I volunteer at the school sometimes and do poetry with them. Mm-hmm. But any local schools, I'm willing to come and volunteer for you. Mm-hmm. Come in and do stuff. Um, but I also volunteer as a beaver leader. Excellent. And I help with the scouts occasionally. So now we've got a plea out there, and this yes. is not just in your local area. This is generally across the scout Everywhere. association, yes. isn't it? What do What do the scouts association need? Right we need now? adults. <laughs> we need volunteers. We have so many children on the waiting list that we can't give a place do because we don't have enough grown-ups out there to help out it's only two hours a week off (laughs) (laughs) but yeah seriously we'll take anything that we can get so if you just want to come in one night and show Mm. us your skill teach the kids something whether it's changing a bike wheel Mm -hmm. or origami Mm -hmm. lace tatting anything that you can do how to brew the perfect cup of tea come along and Mm. show your local scouts cubs or beavers we would love to have you it's i, I was gonna say it's I mean, both of my two went through beavers and then both went, went through into cubs as well yes. and i think the, the range of different skills that they got from they come back one week they'd be cooking another week they'd be doing orienteering the next week they'd be selling oh we'll go and go karting with everybody but yes. you know it's those things they don't happen unless you've got the volunteers and it's, yes. it's not just the parents you can't just rely on the parents you know they've got grandmas you know, granddads uncles aunties local communities bring, bring your neighbor bring yes. your neighbor we'll get your dbs check we'll get you there. i can't <laughs> learn all the skills to do those badges i need help 
<laughs> right well there you go it's nice as well that it's, and this is being across the valley you, you yes. get in contact with it if you go to the, the scout association website and i'm sure um yes. it, second duck and field is where i'm from so come and help yes come and help everybody <laughs> help everybody out um it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio this afternoon uh, we're gonna go out we've we've got a bit of a, a, a big one to kick to to, to finish off yes. uh, and uh, you've chosen something from the greatest showman yes. uh, and uh, why, why is it that, that, that this is me as, um as this one i was introduced to by my children it's okay. a big song at their school it's about acceptance the words just speak to everybody because i was always the weirdo at school mm-hmm. and this just speaks volumes to the little weirdo in the corner uh, this is all of us the little weirdo <laughs> in yep, the corners uh, in all of us and this is kiala settle thank you very much though for coming this thank afternoon you. this is this is me And that's the end of Waffle, the bite-sized podcast for yet another week. My thanks go to Zoe Siobhan Howarth-Lowe for coming into the studio and being a brilliant guest. Despite being nervous, I thought she did absolutely fantastically well. Uh, we'll be back with another guest next week. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. The Waffle, the bite-sized podcast is produced by Lee Ball in association with Rossendale Radio. See you next week.